Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Friday Dolphin fans and we are back with another episode of SB Nation's number one Miami Dolphins podcast. This is Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show and before we preview Miami's week eight matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the Detroit Lions let me welcome in my co-host the one the only the greatest in the world Jake Mendel. Jake it's Friday baby how you doing today man? Josh did you just tell me this is week eight? Are we art? We're already in week it eight. It is right I wasn't wrong. I can't, no, I can't keep up. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. It just flies by this fast. And if you want another, you know, shocker, Josh, seven years ago today, October 27th, 2015, the Miami Dolphins started the season one and three and were averaging 15 points a game until someone came into that locker room, took that hideous shield. I don't know what the shield was, but there's a shield in that locker room, punted it into oblivion. Man Campbell was born record of two and oh. 41 points per game, 214 rushing yards per game. I was down there in Houston. I remember asking Rashad Matthews if I should start him in fantasy. First play of the game, he takes a slant, 60 yards for a touchdown. We won't talk about what happened after that, man, but can you believe it was seven years ago that Man Campbell was leaving this charge in Miami? I can't. I mean, it's crazy just how these paths have crossed and crazy, you know, you can think about what the timeline might have been had the Dolphins ended up hiring him full time. I mean, who knows what could have happened, but a feel good story there for sure. And um, we have to admit South Park, the PC principal, that's definitely Dan Campbell, right? They they mold that entire character around him. But Jake, you threw that out there. Uh, Dolphins and Lions have only played 12 times. The last time I had to bring this up because the last time the Dolphins beat the Lions was in 2006 on Thanksgiving Day. Joey Harrington was the quarterback, but most surprising was it said that the first touchdown of the game came from Detroit Lions tight end Dan Campbell. So again, these things continue to you know find their way back to one another. Excited, I guess, for this weekend's Dan Campbell revenge game. Jake, what about you? Dude, time is a flat circle on that one, but on the surface and even when you dig into the numbers, man, I'm... I'm pretty excited about this matchup. I think Miami's offense, I don't I don't want to, I just, Tua seemed a little confused, I guess. There was a stat out there that Pittsburgh wasn't blitzing a lot, but Tua was still getting rid of the ball quickly. So that kind of gives you an idea of maybe he was uh, trying to overdo things that first week rust. And I'm hoping, we're praying it's a little better this week. And, and Josh, something I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, let's start with Detroit's defense against Miami's offense. As they're going to Detroit, the game will be played, um, and do they call that also like a Death Star with Marth Vader? Don't they call the owner? No, I, I don't know. That sounds that sounds sick though. <laughs> let's, let's go with that. everyone's a Vader, Cater, whatever it may be. Um, but Josh, this I had to like double triple check this. Uh, the Dolphins didn't allow a sack on Sunday. That was the first time they did that since the loss to the Jaguars in London. And as much as I hate to bring that game up, uh, th- there's your nugget for this game. 
Yeah, man, you're always coming up with those stats. I mean, I, you put in the work, you look up and find all these crazy things. So that's that's awesome. I mean, let's hope it carries into this game, right? Because, um, you know, that defense up front, at least Aiden Hutchinson's having himself quite a season. And um, the way the Detroit Lions move him around, Jake, I mean, uh, he's going to go against Brandon Shell, but he's also going to go against uh, Teron Armstead. So that's a guy to definitely keep an eye on because, again, four and a half sacks. I think he had, you had written down one and a half last week, I think. Guy's a playmaker, and he's going to be hard for that Dolphins offensive line to keep a track of. Yeah, he dominated against a, a Dallas Cowboys line last week. But Josh, the two weeks previous to that, um, he was sackless. And I think he actually had like a three sack game in, in week two or something like that. So this is a real boomer bust guy. It's kind of like, uh, ironically, I don't know if he's going to play in this game because he's doubtful or I don't think he's even practicing yet. But Charles Harris, right? Uh, there were some games where he went off because people couldn't contain the spin move. But once you can figure out that trick, it's a little different. And Hutchinson, it's his first year of the league, a top draft pick. I mean, I think it's just early, and hopefully that's a situation where uh, Miami experience at the two tackles. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum how important uh, Tron Armstead is, but also Brandon Shell is a quality veteran at right tackle, and as long as he's playing at right tackle, I think I'm pretty comfortable with him on this line. Yeah, I mean, we're going to sit here and we can talk about the Dolphins' offensive line that were blue in the face, but we saw it starting to come together last week. I mean, who knows what's going to happen when Austin Jackson comes back. But, I mean, I liked what we saw out of Brandon Shell. But, again, we're comparing that to, you know, all these years of, you know, doom and gloom and some of those revolving yeah. doors on the offensive line. I pulled up sharp football analysis. They had some pretty awesome, you know, stats for this game. I don't know if you saw them, Jake, but uh, mm -hmm. 42.4% of the drives against the Lions have reached the red zone or scored prior. I mean, that sounds great for a Dolphins offense that has struggled to get that ball in the end zone. Also says 31% of the first and second down plays against lines have resulted in a first down or a touchdown. And again, that goes back to Tua Tungvaluwa. I mean, you see on first down the way they're delivering that ball. Uh, he also has written down here, the Dolphins have, are averaging a league high 6.7 yards per play on first down. And Tua Tungvaluwa is 43.9% on first down passes which have resulted in a first down or touchdown. So uh, some numbers to throw out there. Again, great site. Check out Warren Sharp. He's one of the best in the business. But uh, that Dolphins offense should be looking their chops against, again, a Lions defense who, yes, they're better than that 1-5 record on paper, but there's going to be plenty of opportunities for the Miami Dolphins to take advantage of it. Josh, this is so crazy because I like to think we're a little goofy a lot of the time, but we are going to go deep, deep, deep into these numbers because I don't know if you remember Pat Thorman, guy I had on the show uh, before the season began. Great uh, his follow. big thing was talking about how in San Francisco, Mike McDaniel, it was, they were running more than is expected. You know, pass above expected rates uh, is something that he follows a lot for and established the run. I highly uh, suggest you check them out. But Josh, Miami is one of the more likely teams to pass when it isn't expected on first down. And to me, that is a such an interesting matchup to look at when you're looking at a team that if we can get those big plays on first down, you think about that Baltimore game, like sometimes early in, in drives, I mean, some coaching stats are like this you just teach them to play the sticks non-stop and you catch one guy sleeping josh and that's what you need for you know tyree kill Jalen model break open a big play and to that point as well not only is Tua one of the best quarterbacks at really being aggressive on that first and second down i think he's still uh first averaging nearly nine yards per attempt but the lions play more deep uh man defense than any other team in the nfl to me man that just there's so many factors coming in here. I think we tried to spin it last week with Pittsburgh, and this is obviously hindsight's 2020. Uh, but you know, to take into account the fact that um, Tomlin is a great coach, you still have Minka Fitzpatrick back there. There's a lot of different forces combining here for this Lions Dolphins game that make me think the Dolphins should go go absolutely off in this game. I mean, if you even want to include that, Tyree Kill even tweeted, "I will be better." I mean, throw that in too. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's crazy that he's saying that, right? I mean, we all saw some of the plays. He had a couple drop passes. It just looked like the timing was off. But again, maybe that's what we should expect. I mean, too, it looked like, uh, I don't know if you remember Salad Fingers, Jake, but he loved Rusty Spoons. And <laughs> I just keep joking that he was like rustier than a Salad Finger Spoon. But I think where this game, you know, really is starting to shape up is the Dolphins should be able to have success running the football. I mean, we've seen over the last few weeks, uh, Raheem Mostert's been taking advantage, you know, of those opportunities at 20 touches last week, uh, over 100 yards, again, a touchdown. Detroit's given up 162 Point eight yards on the ground. My bit, my uh, baby in a stage is stoked for it. that number. Yes, I have the baby behind me, so if you hear her, I apologize. But one hundred and sixty-two point eight—that's second worst in the NFL, right behind the Houston Texans. So again, um, we can talk about Chase Edmonds if we want a little bit, and what we might see from him this weekend or not. But uh, Raheem Mostert has proven to be that RB one and um, get the ball in his hands. Right, good things have come. He's when the Dolphins offense struggles somehow, some way, you know, besides Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, you always see Raheem Mostert making plays each and every day. Dolphins offense is rushing for 107 yards per game over the last three. That's an uptick from the season average of 85.4. And there are some definite factors there. Teron Armstead, man, it looked like when they ran to that left side, at least when um, Eichenberg looked good too, right? He looked like he was opening up some holes. When he was actually moving when the ball was snapped, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, that's hopefully another thing that he can get shared up. I think there are a few penalties there. But, Josh, instead of going to the negative, I, I don't think you give up on Chase Edmonds. I really don't. I mean, he does lead the league uh, tied with the, what, five drops. I think he has 17 targets. on the. It has been very rough. But I don't think we should give up on him just yet. But for this week, man, you mentioned it. This Detroit defense gives up a lot of rushing yards, but also through the air. They rank 22nd, allowing 249 passing yards per game. Uh, Raheem Mostert is the one. How, how about activating Miles Gaskin, someone who he will take what's given to you on the ground, but he'll also catch a couple passes and convert those into first downs. How about that consistency building? And is that RB2? I mean, there's a reason the Dolphins have kept, you know, seven bajillion running backs around, right? Yeah, and I'm trying to set you up for that alley-oop there with the Miles Gaskin stuff, because that's kind of what we alluded to. I mean, who's going to take over if you don't make a trade at the deadline, which uh, is, what, four days away, so the Dolphins could still make a move for running back. But when you have a guy like Miles Gaskin in-house, who, you know, previous years, that was, for lack of a better word, that was our RB1, right? I remember keeping him in fantasy leagues. Don't because you I thought disrespect the potential... Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick did lead. Yeah, you're right. Um, But, I mean, Miles Gaskin, I don't see what he what the negative would be in activating him. I mean, maybe you only want to – maybe then you have to sit Chase Edmonds maybe. You know, maybe that's a roster spot you don't want to give up on the game day. But um, I, I don't know, man. I think Miles Gaskin can at least be more effective in the passing game. And um, when we talk about the passing game, we have to make sure we discuss Jeff Akuda because he's one of the best young uh, defensive backs in football. He's going to obviously have his – yeah, she likes Jeff Akuda too. So, um, I mean, again, the Dolphins should be able to attack through the air or on the ground. But I think my, uh, activating Miles Gaskin with what we've seen out of Chase Edmonds, I think that would be the right move. But the only way Chase Edmonds can snap out of this and regain what we've seen in previous years is if you let him get out there and try to, you know, make some of these plays that he's uh, failing to convert on third downs and situations like that. I had an old gym – coach who uh, he wouldn't say rocket science or brain surgery if you know you asked how to do something or he'd always just look you in the eyes and say it's not rocket surgery and I think that's kind of what I need to see from this Dolphins offense this week um, a loss everybody's in full panic mode but but I think a win some people will be upset too just because they were upset after the Sunday night win which blows my mind but Josh the idea that to beat this Bills defense yes Aiden Hutchinson great young player. Jeff Bakuda is go is an ascending quarterback, but this offense should be able to do a lot of damage uh, to that Detroit Lions defense. So to me, man, it, it, the key is to keep it simple. 
take what's given to you. You do not have to do a backflip and do an 80-yard throw and do a touchdown. It's just not needed against the Lions. So for me, man, I'd love to see something like that Pittsburgh game, but instead of those two field goals, you just convert those red zone drives into touchdowns. And I think Miles Gaskin, someone who there aren't going to be a lot of negatives, right? If anything, it's a net neutral, right? If he runs for two yards, he gets you the two yards, right? It's not like he's fumbling the ball in the backfield for a three-yard loss, whatever it may be. So to me, man, I think the key, the key, the key is keeping it simple, converting those red zone drives. And I think Miles Gaskin uh, adding that foundation as a backup running back. Tyree Kill not letting six balls that go his way drop to the ground. I mean, we can argue about whose fault that is, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But just those little opportunities, making the most of those, uh, ignoring the penalties, that that to me is the key. Yeah, I'm with you, Jake, and I don't know if you brought it up, but uh, you do have written down here, you know, Detroit's defense plays a ton of man, and I mean, when you have Jalen Wild, Tyree Kill, I mean, those guys running those crossers, those deep patterns, I mean, that's where that speed comes into play, so I don't know how the Dolphins are going to attack this. You know, you can kind of almost pick your poison, but I think establishing that run game against a rushing defense that's allowing 162 yards would be the start. But, I mean, we want to see this offense click. And you said it yourself, man. People might be upset with the way this win happens, you know. I'm already seeing people. If we don't blow out the Detroit Lions on uh, yeah. Sunday, you know, th this I might be a little bit concerned about Mike McDaniel and this offense. And I'm just thinking – Dude, it's week eight. Like, let's all temper our expectations, uh, you know, not get ahead of ourselves. Because, again, in the NFL, a win is a win. Some expectations we can give you right now as we speak. We're going to take a commercial break. On the other side, we're going to talk about the Detroit offense against the Miami defense. So stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And Josh, as people who create so much content about this team, oh my God, why do we have an injury report that looks like this? There has to be 20 people on this. And you were at the press conference, you were tuned into the press conference today, um, today being Friday. Josh, could you believe Mike McDaniel just, nobody's doubtful, but there are different levels to questionable. Can you like give us any more of a just uh, coach answer than that? Like he's finally hitting us with them. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's where it comes in, right? I mean, he's so open and he like, will give you this awesome answer to, you know, have to question Jazz, but when it comes to the injury report, tiptoes around a little bit. So again, this thing looks like a CBS receipt. And he basically said, you know, they did change practice up on Wednesday, I guess, to hopefully, you know, get ahead of this, these injuries. But like he said, throughout the year, there's going to be different guys on this thing and um, they just got to find a way to overcome. And that's what they're going to do this week, right? When they take on, again, a Detroit Lions, a Detroit Lions offense who, you know, before the first Four weeks of the season, they were averaging 36 on offense. You know, that offense was clicking. I think DeAndre Swift was the real, you know, hit they took um, in that backfield that kind of derailed that offense. But, I mean, this offense was moving at the beginning of the year. You know, they do have pieces. Again, DeAndre Swift, one of the best young running backs in football. Does sound like he's going to go. Amon Ron St. Brown, another awesome wide receiver who is going to be going up against Xavier Howard. And, um, yeah, so, Jake, give me your thoughts on there. I, I didn't want to get into the Xavier Howard stuff. So when you look at this offense, man, I think the two pillars are DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown. And to me, man, my first, I guess, instinct, um, nervous, 
indication is I do you think Xavier Howard is someone who's going to go up against Amon Ra St. Brown like if this was Madden like I, I'd 100% agree with you but I, I think he's someone who plays most of his snaps in the slot he's someone who you're going to try to get the ball out to quickly and let him make the plays so is that someone you see Xavier Howard kind of trying to shadow around considering you know you got Keon Cross and still limited at practice Darth Cater, Cater Kohu, limited at practice. How, how do you really go about that matchup before we even start talking about Swift and whatever issues that's going to cause? I mean, you're right. If this was Madden, I mean, we'd absolutely be all reordering that thing, you know, matching Xavier Howard up on him. But I think that's one of the things the Dolphins really don't do, right? They kind of let him stay on the one side of the field, kind of, you know, let the receiver matchups come to him. But when you look at their roster, man, I mean, Besides St. Brown, I mean, they have Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Tom Ooh. Kennedy, a bunch of guys that, yeah, I mean, Josh Reynolds is putting up decent fantasy numbers, but you really do have Amon Ron St. Brown as that, you know, superstar wide receiver. So GM Houts, Coach Houts, whatever you want to say, you know, I would absolutely be having him shadowing him, you know, trying to be Peter Pan's shadow and one of the, the young and up and coming really, truly great receivers. I mean, you, we all saw the interview with Amon Ron St. Brown, you know, he feels so slighted by all the teams that passed on him. You know, I remember this guy and that guy and when they were drafted ahead of me, I mean, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. And I mean, he's kind of like a, I think they joke that he's like a baby Megatron. So if it were up to me, man, I would absolutely, you know, have Xavier Howard shadow him. But unfortunately, I don't know if that'll be the case. And then you just got to hope a Darth Cater, a Keon Cross, and one of those guys is healthy enough to hang with him. Because again, I mean, I think we're all overlooking a one in five Detroit Lions team. I mean, everyone in football probably is, but they're getting some pieces back. She just knocked the headphones off. They're getting some pieces back. And I think, you know, mixed with the right opportunities this could be a game that i don't want to call it a uh what, what do we call it man a, a trap game but i mean detroit lines this this could be a trap game oh man that's that's shades of years of, of sad sad dolphins football right there that's what that is josh jared goff he was pretty on fire early in the season uh torching the league really but lately man he has been an absolute pumpkin the last two games zero touchdowns to three interceptions as a genius that i am i did start him in fantasy last week so i know for a fact not only did he have two interceptions he fumbled the ball away to twice last week too so this is a quarterback that had four turnovers uh against last week and you think about this miami dolphins defense that secondary had three interceptions uh two of them not even coming from starters so josh to me how do you, i guess the key here is i've never seen jared goff or a Jared Goff level, like parallel quarterback play well against this Dolphins defense. I don't know if they really have a system in place that can handle this pressure. You know, if you can take away St. Brown for that first four seconds and you force him to panic, whether it's hold the ball too long or huck it into double coverage. I think Jared Goff, despite these playmakers they have, he might be the wild card here that I think Miami could take advantage of. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we can go in every week talking about how we have to attack the quarterback, right? And, you know, how do you force... beat Tom Brady? Oh, you just yeah. get to get to him, you, you, right? Yeah. I, I don't Brady. know. the I don't know the way anymore, man. There's something wrong with, with him for sure. But I mean, you look at this. The last time the Dolphins played Jared Goff, he threw the ball 61 times for 355 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. That was when he played for the Rams. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, again, he can put up numbers, but throwing the ball 61 times and coming away with those numbers, I don't know that that's too godly. I, the one thing I'm looking at here, though, is that offensive line is pretty darn good in front of him. I mean, Taylor yeah. Decker's, you know, a household name at left tackle. You got Frank Ragnow at center. Panay Sewell, I mean, that's going to be a matchup to watch, right? I think he'll be going up against Jalen Phillips, who looked like an absolute wilderbeast last week. 
Um, so that's a matchup I'm intrigued by. But speaking of Jared Goff, you know, his success through the air. TJ Hawkinson is one of the best tight ends in all of football. So that's a guy that I, I can't really say the Dolphins have struggled against tight ends, you know, as of late. But, um, you know, we've seen, I think, Hayden Hurst had a touchdown a few weeks back. I mean, you see these guys getting some chunk plays. So uh, could TJ Hawkinson, you know, be that other factor outside of an Amon Ross St. Brown that that Dolphins secondary should be watching? Because, again, they're going to have to figure out a way with Brandon Jones out for the season to, you know, get similar production. So I don't know if you're using Eric Rowe as that tight end eraser that we joke about, you know, Ron McKinley, a third, perhaps, I mean, Clayton fed Julum. I, I think I did it right that time. Every time I do people it, I have think, told you different things. Yeah, now. Yeah, I, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think they're screwing with me. So, um, um, I guess that would be a matchup that I'm interested in. And to see, you know, you stop with TJ Hawkins and you stop an Amara St. Brown. Then at that point, you just got to hope you can contain De- DeAndre Swift and, uh, good things will come. Are you telling me that a game against man Campbell is going to be one in the trenches? You could have fooled me. Yeah, I think it is. And uh, you set me up right there. Uh, Defense offensive coordinator for uh, the Detroit Lions, Ben Johnson. He said, I think up front, the Miami Dolphins might be the most stout run defense we faced all season. So, uh, you know, yeah, saying a a lot of nice things about, you know, Christian Wilkins, Raquan Davis. Hopefully we get Emmanuel Agba back. But um, again, I think attack, 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 Jared Goff, stop the run. And uh, we'll say that every week. Yeah, so some injury updates. TJ Hawkinson, as of Thursday, was limited. He didn't practice Wednesday. That's kind of the tough thing about recording when we do. Again, it, it is what it is, but um, uh, injuries are always evolving. It's not like they just happen once every day at 4 o'clock. You know what I mean? Uh, Frank Ragnow, he's been limited all week with a foot injury, so that's another thing to keep in mind. Taylor Decker, neck injury, limited practice, uh, both Wednesday and Thursday. So, Josh, I mean, both sides here. I see a lot of injuries. Um, obviously, you don't really have to worry about someone like Melvin Ingram, who is missing practice. That's, I mean, nine times out of ten vet-related uh, vet rest days. Uh, but, man, you mentioned Ogba. The hope is to have him back. Mike McDaniel actually sounded kind of confident about him instead of just the eeriness. Uh, Zach Sealer, he's another guy who was limited with a hand and uh, even an ankle injury, both of them. Christian Wilkins limited with a hand injury. Josh, I also think, didn't he miss some time in the Pittsburgh game because of the hand injury? Or am I just, am I just making up stuff at this point? I think so. I mean, that game, we're all trying to put that game behind us. But I think he did miss some time. And I think, you know, uh, getting healthy is going to be a v- most importance for this Miami Dolphins team heading forward. And the Dolphins defense is giving up a QBR of 98.9. They're allowing about 70% of passes thrown their way to be completed. And that's why you got to go out and trade for Stephon Gilmore. I joke, I joke, but but seriously, this is a unit that has allowed 11 touchdowns, uh, four interceptions, three of them coming last week. And Josh, that's kind of the goal. We hope that unit has turned a corner. You consider, I think this is something we spoke about a little bit with Merrick, but hey, this was a unit that was capable of a guaranteed turnover every game. And that just hasn't been the case. You hope that last week they started to figure things out. And by figuring things out, it's just not playing Josh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, these talented quarterbacks every week. Uh, but that's only like half joking. I do think that maybe this defense is starting to figure things out. And I think Jared Goff can be that pumpkin. Who's going to just drop the ball all over the place. Yeah. I think this is kind of setting up too for no Igbenogany. I mean, we haven't really mentioned and, his oh, name, but here we go. I mean, we mentioned those receivers, you know, outside of Amara St. Brown and maybe Josh Reynolds, you know, kind of drop off there. I mean, this could be that game for Noah Igbenogany to go out there and build some confidence. I mean, maybe we see him matched up against St. Brown because we did see him against Pickens a little bit, you know, he had, I guess he has to right? Deontay John depend. It really all does come back down to this uh, injury report that we'll only know a little bit, I guess at four 30 today. I mean, I think Mike McDaniel basically said, you know, Saturdays and Sundays are the utmost important for us because that's when we decide you know how these guys will go so i I don't know man um i'm excited though for sure because dolphins are four and three 
Again, Detroit Lions are a team that Dolphins can absolutely go out there and assert their force, right? Go out there and show that they're one of those AFC, those dominant offenses. Show that that defense belongs in the discussion as one of the top 10 in the league. I mean, that's what we want to see. One of those games where just everything comes together and it's just a bloodbath. I mean, that's what we're hoping for, right? A bloodbath. So I love, I absolutely love Miami's offense versus the Detroit defense. I think especially you consider you're playing in a dome. I think that's a very fun matchup to watch. But to me, I, I think Detroit could move the ball. I mean, that if Miami's defensive line's a little banged up, I can see how you can move the ball against them. Um, it's the red zone defense. This defense has looked really well lately. But if they can continue to hold teams, you know, scoreless in the red zone, even just to the three points in the red zone, I think that could be key to really warping the score in favor of something that Miami Dolphin fans would really enjoy. Uh, so to me, man, I do... I'm praying, I'm kind of hoping for that 30 to 10 statement win, but but the key is not only holding them in the red zone, but taking advantage of those red zone situations the defense gives you yourself. You're not hitting 30 points if you're not scoring touchdowns. Yeah, Jake, maybe we shouldn't be sitting here saying, you know, the Dolphins should score X amount of points. You know, that's how you view this win. I mean, getting a win in the football and National Football League is all that really matters. I think on paper, the Dolphins look like the better team. I think what we've seen throughout the year, the Dolphins look like a better team. But again, the Detroit Lions played much different football at the beginning of the year, and they are getting their star running back back. I'm going to go with a prediction here of... I guess 31 to 10. We'll go 31-10 Dolphins, I think, for some reason. Um, again, I think they're going to put up those points. I think Tua Tagovailoa is going to come out there and not look like the rusty self he was. And, I mean, dude, with those playmakers, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, I mean, all you can do is hope to contain him, right? And they're still going to get 100-some yards and 10 catches. So um, I'm going to go yeah. with this. Yeah, I'm going to go with – they're going to put it all together. It's going to be that perfect win that we're all, um, you know, hyped for for a few days. But um, – it's anyone's guess. And all we can do is hope that Merrick Brave has a time of his life because we do have to mention our, our fake doctor is going to be in Detroit for this game. And um, it's going to be quite the time. And we cannot wait. And we also can't wait to be back with you guys early next week to discuss. Hopefully Miami's went over to Detroit. But Josh, we did it. We're back on three shows a week. Maybe it has something to do with winning a football game. I don't know for sure. But guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting us be part of your week. Joshua, thank you to you and your children for joining us. It's always great to chat football with you. But until then, until we see you after Sunday football, I wish everyone's fantasy team does well. But more importantly, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins.